How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All right, crank it along here on a Wednesday. Glad to have you all along for the ride. I am the Bulldog. Bummer, Mike Shope has the day off today. He'll be back tomorrow. Joining us right now on the Wester Hotline, I'm pretty sure Joe Goodberry was on the week between Christmas and New Year's in advance of the Monday night game that ended up not being played. And I was off for that, and now we've got Joe again here on the Wednesday before a Bills-Bengals matchup, and Mike is off. I'm sorry for the scheduling, Joe. Uh, Hopefully at some point we'll both be here for you. Yeah, it'll have to be uh, next year or if we talk in the offseason at some point. Yes, I suppose. Next year will be the soonest we'll be able to do that. Um, good to have you with us. YouTube, Bengals on the Brain. Uh, that's where you can find Joe at, uh, at Joe Goodberry on the Twitter machine. So, um, I don't know. How, how, how are you doing? How, how are Bengals fans doing? How, how, how's everyone handling this? I don't know. Is it right to call it a rematch? Um, a lot of emotion. There's, there's a lot of things to consider here. Um, what's the temperature of, uh, of the Bengals? Yeah, it is weird, isn't it? I, I didn't know how to classify it either because as soon as the game was canceled and everything happened and everyone's thoughts were with tomorrow, it, it t- quickly turned to, all right, well, now week 18, you have to actually play it. And, you know, it, it, it's actually for the division. And then, then the NFL rules came down. The Bengals weren't happy with that. The fans sided with the team, as you would expect. Yep. And they handled the business and it all became whatever at that point but I think that bubbled and carried over into the playoff game which you never want to play a division rival it's funny the Bills and Bengals are in a similar situation uh it's a team that you split with during the regular season it's a team that gave the Bengals a lot of troubles for the last three years really and I think we saw that in the game and it was weird because I don't normally get nervous or like feel sick or anything like that in a tight game and mm-hmm. I did. I just didn't want the Bengals to lose to the Ravens that I felt were inferior, that I felt the Bengals uh, should have handled. And I, I was expected that the Bills-Bengals Chiefs would be three of the four remaining teams in the AFC. So when the game got close, it made me feel uh, very desperate. You know, and I, I, you kind of feel like <laughs> the players probably were yep. feeling that as well. And I, I imagine the feeling was probably the same on Saturday or on early Sunday game for the, for the Bills-Dolphins as well. So now it's a sigh of relief. Now it's a okay we can reset and get back to what we all expected because you always thought this would end up happening one way or the other. They would meet at some point and uh, now we can handle it and settle it. You know, it's so interesting to hear you talk with so much candor about your emotions watching your playoff game. Um, of course, the, the Bills game was also, you know, fraught with tension. Uh, they, they were trailing, you know, a minute, less than a minute into the third quarter. Um, and it's interesting to, for, to me, maybe I'm in denial, Joe, I don't know. Because um, Mike asked me, I think, yesterday to start off our show, did you think at all about 
it ending on Sunday against Miami. And I, as tense as that was, and, you know, the Bills were behind. You know, it may have been fluky, but whatever they were. I, I never got there, which is weird. Again, maybe I'm maybe I was in denial about it. I, I certainly am. You know, I think the, the run up to the game, I just didn't think the Miami Dolphins had much of a chance at all. So that's maybe my starting point. Very different feel this week. You know, like I very very rightly so. I think I've seen the from here on out these games referred to as coin flips, and that's exactly how I would view Bills Bengals. Yeah, I would too, and. It, to just to answer your question of, of, you know, did I ever think of for the Bengals a season would end there? There was a moment, and it was right before the 98-yard fumble return, <laughs> where I thought the Ravens are going to take the lead, and the Bengals just are not going to have enough possessions. They need to be perfect from here on out. And then that happened, and it flips the script, and you go, okay, I can breathe a little bit. Yeah. You feel good about, you know, stopping a, a backup quarterback at some point. Just like I think that Dolphins-Bills game, if you get 15 possessions, you should beat Skylar Thompson. So, like, the whole game flow and script, you kind of felt like the Bills were going to pull away at some point. But it was the exact opposite for Bengals-Ravens, where the Bengals essentially had seven possessions only. They needed to score on most of those to win that game. And it, they eventually got a defensive uh, touchdown there. But, yeah, this Bills-Bengals game, if it's anything like what we saw in the nine minutes, and who knows, that's the scripted right. stuff on Monday Night Football. But if it's anything like that – I think we were looking at a 38-35 type of game. And we'll see if the weather plays a factor, if it continues to get colder, if the snow comes in, whatever the case may be. I still think that's what we're looking at. Since then, though, the Bengals have lost two starting offensive linemen, and I think they're a bit concerned with it. Their game plan definitely changed versus the Ravens after the left tackle Jonah Williams went down. So will they still be the explosive offense? I think they have to be. I think they will need to be, and they'll probably try to push through it. Boy, it is hard, Joe. Joe Goodberry is our guest here, host of uh, Bengals Talk on YouTube. Um, it's hard to look back at that game and like, at, like you know, a- ask you about anything that happened in those nine minutes. Uh, I recognize because of, of course, the events that unfolded and and how you know just real life and death ended up being the priority there. But like thinking back to how it started, even the coin toss. Like the Bengals taking the ball, like almost every team now it seems. There's exceptions for weather, I suppose, and, and maybe certain certain matchups. But generally, um, you know, I know what the Bills do. The Bills win the toss, they defer. They they want to have the ball last in the second quarter and then lead off the third quarter and try to double dip on you. You hear that a lot on the broadcasts, uh, you know, all over the league. So the Bengals taking the ball was like the first sign of like, oh, this is like. We're, you know, they didn't get to say we'll take the ball and we're going to score, but right. that's of course exactly what they did. And that that game, there was a there was a swagger and some animosity there right away in that game. Um, I don't know if these teams emotionally playing one another with what ended up happening on the second of January will be able to reach that emotional level playing one another. Um, but either way, I mean, it's it's two teams that I think both feel they have something to prove here. Yeah, I was at that game, too. So I, we went down to Cincinnati up from because I'm in the Buffalo area. So we drove down there. The atmosphere was electric. Everything was exciting. I mean, even the, the opposing fans before the game, we're all hanging out like both teams are in the playoffs. What are we worried about? We haven't played each other. This kind of brotherhood that's been blossoming over the last two years, ever since the Andy Dalton, Tyler Boyd play to get the <laughs> right. into the postseason. Uh, it was still there. The feeling was, was mutual. Everyone's having a good time. If anything, it was like, hey, if it's not us, let it be you guys. Just take care of the Chiefs. It can't be the Chiefs. 
And then the game starts, and, like, the, the whole stadium is just losing their mind with anticipation. And you're right. The Bengals came out, like, hyper-focused. We're going to score. We're going to take, take it down there. We're going to do what we – they're confident what they're going to do. And then some chippiness even started. Trey yep. Hendrickson and, and Deion Dawkins go at it. Matt Milano hits uh, uh, Jamar Chase over the middle. There's a couple – Hayden Hurst going hard at, at mm-hmm. you know, the Darren Johnson. And it's like, you could see that even though they haven't played and the rivalry hasn't been established, both teams are extremely aware of what's on, at the table here and what's on the other side of the field. But, you know, the Bills are, have been projected to be the Super Bowl favorite all year and honestly could have been there last year. And I think there was some of that feeling that, hey, if that 13 seconds doesn't happen, I think a lot mm-hmm. of people believed last year the Bills would have taken care of the Bengals or at least it would have been projected that way. I don't think at the time we knew the Bengals would continue – to be a juggernaut team in the AFC. But at the time, you know, I could see that definitely being the case. So I, I think even though the rivalry isn't established yet, you could feel it. And I, I think we're going to see that again. Yeah, I, I, I anticipate some of that. Again, whether it reaches the fever pitch, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, the Bills, DeMar Hamlin is around. Sean McDermott said today he's in the building most days. Um, so, like, you know, they, they chose or he chose not to be in the stadium for Sunday's wildcard game against Miami. Uh, we'll see what Sunday holds, but, like, that, that could be something that, like, sort of resets yeah. the emotional pitch of the day if, if they end up having him there or if he chooses to be there. Have him away from a box, right, before the game. Right. Yeah. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. I haven't heard, you know, anything one way or the other on that. Um, but even without it, you know, these are two teams with a lot to prove. The Bengals especially, you just said it, Joe. Like, a lot of fans here, it's funny. Like, the way the Bills were rolling is is a key part of that, right? Without 13 seconds, like, they, they you know, squib the kick and run the time off and they win that game. They're hosting the Bengals, and yeah. the form they looked to be in last January would have led you, like, they're unstoppable. Now, we know that's not true like you know the Bengals would have come here and played a game and they went to Kansas City and beat the Chiefs so you know it wouldn't have been a walkover I don't think but that was the feeling and now here come the Bengals right and both teams are relatively intact the Bengals sadly Joe um you know it's not sad for Bills fans but their offensive line is kind of a mess like it was at the end of last year. So yeah. they're, 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 the teams are in very similar states to, the, to what they would have been in if they had met last January. And I think they're similarly built, and they function similarly as well. They are spread offenses, three wide receiver offenses. They're going to run everything out of shotgun. Uh, they've got quarterbacks that is the centerpiece of their offense that can go off script and make plays and extend plays. Burrow can't run like Allen does, but they will extend and break out of the pocket and make things happen, which makes them one of the new age guys that can do that at quarterback, which it seems like more and more are able to do it. But on the defensive side, they're nickel defenses. They're going to stay in nickel no matter what you do on offense. They know what the personnel they are. Their coordinators have been there, or at least for Dorsey's been on the bill side for a long time. Now the Mm -hmm. Bengals and Zach Taylor, they've been together all four years now. Uh, they're establishing who they are and what they're going to do. And I think they're both designed or have been in mind of we're going to build these teams to beat the Chiefs. And it's funny because now they look like the Chiefs at times on offense, both of these teams. And they're going to have to meet. They're going to have to do it all. And, yeah, the Bengals, the Bills, nine wins, eight wins in a row. I mean, they're the hottest teams in the league. But at the same time, I think it's the – the last game that's kind of affecting us a little bit. Being a little too tight with Miami, I hear the national analysts look at Bills and they say, well, they, how do you let Skylar Thompson do that? How does 
you know, Josh Allen's averaging 16 yards per uh, average depth of target last week. He's taken seven sacks, but so they start criticizing and critiquing a little bit that way. They do the same for the Bengals. Now the offensive lines hurt. Uh, the defense, how do you let Tyler Huntley break it off and do what you do and have your worst tackling game of the year? Uh, I just think it, that's playoff football. That's division football. Mm-hmm. I'm This game, though, even though I feel like I know both teams very well, I'm still very unsure of how it's going to go. Yeah, well, because, yeah, we didn't get, you know, for whatever it would be worth, maybe it would be somewhat informative and maybe it would be somewhat misleading at the same time, but we didn't get that game. You know, like if we had that game, then, you know, however it would have gone, like, oh, well, we can't let them do that again or we got to make sure we get, you know, and without it, we, we just don't know. Like here are, you know, for all the familiarity the Bills and Chiefs have with one another and even the Bengals and the Chiefs, this yep. is the first meeting of these Bengals and these Bills, really. So uh, it makes it makes it intriguing. Um, talking with Joe Goodberry at Bengals Talk is where you can find uh, his input, his output on uh, on YouTube. Uh, Joe, up front, we've already touched on it. Um, both teams had trouble protecting their quarterbacks in their wild card matchups. Um, you know, Allen got sacked seven times. Burrow was harried by the Ravens. And you've got injuries there, um, big-time injuries, right, left tackle and, and others. Why don't you give us the rundown of what, what yeah. is happening on the offensive line for Cincinnati? Yeah. So Jonah Williams was the only starter from last year that returned this year, former uh, first-round pick for the Bengals at left tackle. They've signed three offensive linemen in free agency from center to right guard to right tackle and drafted a fourth-round guy to North Dakota State. And he plugged him in. He's been – Cordell Bolson at left guard has been a starter all year now. But they lost Lael Collins. At right tackle versus the Patriots, I want to say that was week 15. And then they lost Alex Kappa week 18 against the Ravens. And then they lost Jonah Williams this past wild card week at left tackle. They think Kappa and Jonah can come back at some point if the Bengals advance. They're hopeful maybe the AFC Championship game. And then two weeks it would be the Super Bowl after that. Mm-hmm. It sounds like both could come back for that point. Jonah Williams, though, dislocated his left kneecap. He did it in week five versus the Ravens to his right kneecap and actually came back into the game with a brace on. So I don't know what they're thinking still with him. I guess there is a chance that he could brace it up and play. Mm-hmm. But having that happen to both legs at this point, I think they're going to take some precaution, and they're not expecting him to go as, at this point. Uh, so it, it's, in a, it's a rough situation. But the Bengals, they're quick passing offense. So Joe Burrow is one of the three least pressured quarterbacks in the league this year, even despite the offensive line not being great. And it's because they're going to get the ball out so quickly. And really your best option, because you can't blitz Burrow. His numbers are tremendous versus the blitz. I wish teams would blitz them more often. They do not, <laughs> for obvious reasons. But if your front four can win and you can drop seven into coverage, that's your best chance against these receivers as well. So it kind of works together. The Bengals need to figure out their offensive line and piece it together as best as possible. They do have a guy who started 30 games at right guard. They claimed from the Texans and Max Sherping a fourth-round pick at right tackle that they like, that they've developed in uh, Hakeem Adeniji, who's replaced him, Leo Collins, and a second-round pick, who I will compare him to, like, a Cody Ford, who I thought was more of a guard. Jackson Carmen, they took him in last year out of Clemson in the second round. He's going to go in at left tackle. That's the one I worry about. He's just a bit stiff and clunky, but he's super strong, so you hope that, you know, that balances out at the end. Yeah, boy, watching, you know, both of these games on Sunday, you know, the, the Bills-Dolphins game and then Bengals-Ravens, um, you know, similar to how you're describing the Bengals, Miami was all banged up up front, and 
we I was, you know, expecting or hoping, I guess, the Bills would be able to maybe like almost look unblockable up front. Yeah. And they really weren't. I mean they got they, they sacked they sacked Thompson, but there was there was a reason they blitzed more than they have maybe all year uh in that game uh this past Sunday. So I'm curious, like as deficient as the Bengals may be up there if the Bills, without Von Miller, of course, are positioned to take advantage of that because they had a pretty, I'd say the front four had a pretty underwhelming day against Miami. Yeah, and I think the Bills' best pass rush lately has been shooting Matt Milano or Tremaine Edmonds, mostly Milano, you know, coming through on the blitz, and he's been very effective at it, starting from when he knocked out Mike White against the Jets, and they've continued that and just pulling that out when they need to on a third down, and I think he's been great at it. Are they going to be able to do that? Do they want to do that? Uh, even last week, or just take all three Ravens games this year, they blitzed Joe Burrow 11 times total in three games. As in comparison, Josh Allen was blitzed 19 times by the Dolphins. So that lets you know, like, even the Ravens, probably the best defense that was on the AFC side of the playoffs, were not blitzing Burrow. So what do you do? Is Are they going to blitz Milano? Are they going to blitz Edmonds? Are they going to maybe bring Terrence Johnson from the slot? Whatever it may be, just to mix it up enough if that front four isn't getting home, because that's really been the Bengals' weakness. It's why they struggled with the Steelers. It's why they struggle with the Browns. When a Miles Garrett or a T.J. Watt just go off because they're only rushing those four guys and you just can't handle them, and extra coverage is being paid attention to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins deep, because really that's, again, what we're seeing as well. The Bills see it a lot too, but you just put the shell back there and say we're not going to let these guys beat us deep. Front four has to win. It's that's the big thing for the Bills, in my opinion. Is yep. A.J. Epinesa, is Gregory Rousseau, or is Ed Oliver, are they going to be able to have a game? Can one of them have a standout performance and take over? I kind of like Ed Oliver in this, in this scenario. The Bengals have big, not very athletic interior offensive linemen, and I think that's where Ed Oliver can maybe use his agility and quickness. Flipping this around, Joe, um, what, what are the Bengals going to do? Uh, they, they've got Hubbard back. He wasn't going to play the, the, the game or right. was inactive for the game on the second. And Hendrickson I, was coming off an injury, um, so I'm assuming he's better a few weeks here down the road. Um, how do they want to attack the Bills, who had, you know, obviously a hell of a time with a very aggressive blitzing Miami defense? Yeah, and the Bengals struggled with the Ravens. You may have seen a double move against Eli Apple for a long touchdown. And a lot of people say, well, yeah. I'm concerned with the corner depth for the Bengals. The Bengals really don't expose their outside corners. They lost Chidobia Wouzier in the middle of the year, who was their number one. And they've got a second-round pick, Cam Taylor-Britt, on the other side of Apple. They don't expose them because they have really good safeties in Jesse Bates and Von Bell. And they will give those guys help and say, we're not going to let you beat us over the top. You've got safety help over the top. We're going to funnel everything to where our, our two linebackers are, our safeties are, and our nickel corner and Mike Hilton, where they feel that's their strength of their defense. So they want everything to say, okay, middle of the field open. You're, you're going to have to use your slot guys. You're going to have to use your tight ends. And that's the way to pick them apart. Bengals have been really good versus number one receivers, top five in DVOA, bottom two against number two receivers. So it would be like a Gabe Davis type game. So they're going to shade that safety over towards Stephon Diggs, I would say get Diggs in the slot. I think the Bengals did, or the Bills did that on their first drive on Monday Night mm-hmm. Football. And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, yep, this makes sense. This is exactly how you need to attack Bengals defense. And do you keep doing that? Is that something in the game plan to continue? I would expect it to be. It's probably going to be a 12, 10, 12 target Gabe Davis type game where it's like, here, here you go, playoff Gabe, if that's who you are. Um, you know, you can carry this offense for you. But I do wonder, they're really good. The Bengals' front is really good, and this is why they had success versus Pat Mahomes. Really good at mush, 
rushing where you don't really run past the quarterback. You try and slowly collapse the pocket. You, mm-hmm. you have smart rush lanes. You have a spy, and you say, okay, throw from the pocket. Don't let him extend plays. And it's, really, it's worked good against Mahomes. He's still a good player even in the pocket, and so is Josh Allen. But you try to keep those huge outside contain, off-script plays from happening. Indeed. Can't wait, Joe. It's it's highly anticipated, uh, could be, should be, maybe even emotionally charged. And, um, again, both teams, like the Bengals, if they feel slighted uh, being the defending champs, I know Joe Mixon has been talking a lot like this this yeah. week, or, or maybe I'm seeing it a lot. I'm, I'm sure he's not just daily saying the same things, but we've all seen the clip of him talking about their status as defending champions. Um, you know, the Bills have been what they've been all year long. So, um Again, can't wait, can't wait for Sunday. Very, very intriguing uh, matchup. If I got the handle right on YouTube, it's at Bengals Talk? Yeah, Cincinnati Bengals Talk. Okay. The whole word. Very good, Joe. Thank you for your input today. And, um, you know, go, yep. go, go Bills? Go Bengals? I, I can't say go Bengals to you on this show. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.